0: Welcome to You're the Boss, a mantra for anyone who's ever had to face their own fears, struggles, and even failures. Join host Larry Roberts for a deep dive into overcoming limiting beliefs and identifying where our pasts can shape us rather than define us to build a lifestyle and business filled with passion and purposeful leadership. Now your host, Larry Roberts.
1: Steven Kavalkovich joins us today, and I hope I said the last name right. We said it before in the green room, and I said I'm still going to mess it up, and I probably did, but we'll see. But, man, this is a really, really special episode, and it's special to me for a couple of reasons. One, it's the very last day of 2021, so what better way to break in a brand-new year by revisiting someone who is a longtime friend of the show. Stephen joined me back on September 7th of 2017. So here we are just over four years later. We're going to catch up. We're going to find out exactly what Stephen's got going in his life right now. And I think it's going to be beneficial for everybody listening. Uh, It's going to be a little different than some of the topics that we generally cover. But, you know, You're the Boss is all about being your boss. And... You can't quite find your direction if we don't have all of our uh, how do we how do we put that Stephen if we don't have all of our mental and spiritual and emotional and physical capacities all lined up did I did I hit that right
0: I would have to say for sure it's it's definitely one of those things that it's it's an it's really a you know the word integrity here's a way to describe it. We hear the word integrity all the time. We think it's about doing the right thing and, and that's true. But integrity goes a lot deeper. There's generally speaking, for most people, you know, unless you have you know you have like an you know amputee issue, but still most for most for all people really, there's two sides of the body. There's a male side, there's a female side. Everything works congruently. And if we can't get integrity, like that's where that's really what integrity means is getting like all like all systems working together, if that makes sense.
1: It definitely makes sense, and it, it's it's kind of cool to to hear that. And we're definitely going to dig into that a lot lot deeper throughout the episode. But sure. I want to back up for a second, just say welcome back, man. And Good to talk to you, man.
0: Great to talk to you.
1: <laughs> thanks. I really you reached out. You said, hey, man, what do you think if I come back on the show? I like, I'd, I'd love it. I'd love the opportunity to to chat with you again and catch up. Uh, what have you been doing for the last <laughs> four years? I mean, we're friends on Facebook, and we see some posts here and there, but sure. I, I'm not necessarily as attached as maybe I should be. So. Bring us up to speed, man. What's going on in Stevensville? Oh room? man,
0: well you know I'm, I'm sitting here reminiscing. I'm sitting here in my basement in my other home. That when we talked four years ago, me and my uh, then girlfriend, now wife. That's part of what's happened. Congrats. Uh, we lived. <laughs> thank you. We we lived. Um, we lived in another t- a home at that time. And I remember when we did this show four years ago. I was walking around my backyard. It was actually, I think, probably the f- might have been one of the first podcasts I think I'd ever been on. And it was right around the time I was launching my, my podcast at the time. I since have not have stopped doing um, not because it was a, you know, I, it was a bad thing or it wasn't popular or whatever. I just, my uh, you know, my journey took me different places, but for, for, you know, from the time we spoke, I, I did do uh, the, one of the first, one of the first first responder mental health podcasts that I was aware of at the time. And, I wound up with about 60 or so episodes, had a lot of different uh, guests on um, talking all aspects of mental health. One of my favorites was uh, with uh, uh, Robin Williams' son, Zach, was on the show a few years ago. Oh, wow. We were talking about, um, you know, what it's like to lose somebody, you know, grieving and trying to recover from that and let alone having a famous father at that. So um, it was really poignant. And I actually just uh, we were just uh, texting me and him the other day about something else that uh, I'm working on. Um, trying to get him maybe his input and see if he wants to get involved but that was part of it so I did a lot of that I traveled around speaking for a bit that got me traveling around in like the first responder mental health circuit if you will um, so that was a lot of what I was doing and then here at home you know I was working a couple different jobs I got working in the recovery field um, you know in the in the drug treatment um, inpatient outpatient uh, recovery coaching so to speak kind of work and uh, I saw a lot. Um, Unfortunately, I saw a lot of bad stuff. Uh, It was actually more negative than positive for me. It was actually some of the toughest times in my life, to be honest with you, because I saw how the profit driven corporate way that a lot of it goes is designed for just that profit and, you know, money for the shareholders and the you know, the high, the high level executives, et cetera, but the care was so poor. I saw blatant insurance fraud. It was awful. It was really bad there it, around, um, I guess the spring of 2018, 20, I guess it was 29, 18, I guess. I can't even remember at this point. I, I, I left working in that field. Cause I, I just was so disgusted. And as you know, I was somebody who had been, you know, a patient in many of those facilities over the years sure. and, um, so I had a perspective of being, you know, if I had been in that chair coming into that facility now, there's a good chance I'd be dead because of the, what was being done. So I walked, I wound up um, working. I can't name, name the name of it, but I work for a university here in, in New Jersey um, where I work in peer support. Um, I started, I actually helped found a, a peer support line uh, for people that struggle with substance abuse and addiction issues in New Jersey. A couple different ventures funded that and, it started right, man, it was uh, four months before everything locked down. Oh, wow. So it was, uh, we started it from the ground up and, you know, it, we, we offered a lot of support during that time. And then unfortunately, the way grant money goes, we lost our grant at the end of October, uh, right, pretty much during the height of the pandemic. And it was hard, but I wound up shuffling into another position in peer support where I currently work with uh, guys who are in state prisons who are transitioning back out into the community. And. Working with him on a day, you know, a regular basis for a year, eighteen months, six months prior to release, and then a year uh, post release. So I've been doing that for a little bit over a years. It's, it's one of the things I do in the daytime, but and I believe me, I love it. But really, what I really want to talk to you about, uh, Larry, is what I get to do now with all my other time, which is pretty much all of my time. I will say, um, it's you know, I had to backtrack a little bit. Sure. So when I was 14 years old, um, I experienced some pretty major trauma uh, at the hands of, uh, you know, we'll say clergy abuse. And um, I came forward about it right when that happened, like a week after it happened. And the organization that that gentleman represented, and I can't believe I called him a gentleman, but healing happens.
1: There
0: you well, go. <laughs> right. Um What uh, that organization came and met me and my parents listened to my story. And they told me, we don't believe you. We think you misinterpreted. And he was allowed to continue doing that for 10 more years. But what that does for a 14 year old, who's already struggling with identity and adolescence and puberty and fitting in and all that. We, I don't think we have to say too much about what that does, but it led me into borders bookstore at 14, 15 years old. And I don't know what led me there, but I wound up in that section in the back where all the weirdos go, you know, the the, the, the new age, the, the, you know, spiritual metaphysics, stuff like that. And I was led there and I was immersed in it. And I got involved with energy medicine at that time, Reiki one and two, Reiki energy healing. I got certified in that at like 15 years old. And. Through my path, you know, I've always known, I've always been like studying those things, doing martial arts, internal martial arts, all that stuff over the years, even during my darkest times. Yeah. And then COVID happened and March, 2020, you know, we all wind up locked up in our homes. And that first month or two was really, really difficult, but I have to tell you for a lot of people, and I'm not minimizing the, the, the difficulties people are going, have gone through, through this because it's been really awful as we know. I have to say that it's been some of the most positive growth experiences of my life in the last two years. I can't, I can't speak enough about what it's done for me because I, I had the time to sit down and look at, you know, I, we had nothing but time to sit with ourselves. And I almost feel like, you know, if you, I want to get kooky, but if you want to say God or the universe, maybe brought all this on so everybody could be forced to sit with themselves.
1: I think you're, you're not as rare in that regard as you may think. I, I've talked to a lot of people, that during this time, although, as you pointed out, very traumatic, very difficult, it's also been an opportunity for personal growth. And uh, there's opportunities that came from this when positioned properly allowed us to do things in our lives that may not have happened otherwise. If we had continued on that daily grind, continued doing the same thing that we were doing every day, day in and day out, just getting up, going through the motions and coming back and going through the evening motions and just doing it again, we'd still be in that rut, but somehow this is almost, and I've, I've heard him talk about the great reset. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's almost that opportunity to reset ourselves both mentally and emotionally and spiritually uh, across the board. So what, what did you see and how did that affect you personally?
0: I really had a lot of time. I, I, I watched a ton of YouTube videos and I still do. And it just led me down these different trails and different books I'd order on Amazon. And it was like my spirit, my soul was starting to wake up. You know, I was having these experiences where I was waking up at three or four o'clock in the morning, and I knew, I couldn't figure out what it meant, but I knew it was a spiritual thing. I knew it. In the deepest part of myself, I knew it. You know, for a little bit, I kind of thought I was going crazy. Uh, Because I was having just a lot of these weird physical experiences and just visions and all these weird things were happening. And I was listening to a Ram Das lecture from the early 1980s on YouTube, and he mentioned an organization called the Spiritual Emergence Network. And it sounded interesting, so I looked it up. Turns out it's a basically a resource that people can go to if they feel they're going through a spiritual type situation and they don't know what to do with it, almost like ghostbusters, in a way, <laughs> in a way. you know, you don't know what to do, who you're going to call. Yeah. So I, I said, you know, I look it up and I find that there, um, there's a there's like a directory of local providers. And I find a guy locally and he's a licensed therapist and all this. But on his resume, it says profound Kundalini awakening in 1992. And I was like, that's a really strange thing for a licensed therapist to put on their resume because it sounds a little wacky. Kundalini is, you know, you know, that's the, you know, that's the belief of, you know, from Hinduism about the energies and like how the, you know, there's a snake, basically a a serpent coiled at the base of our spine, essentially. And they believe that how the energy rises from the spine all the way to the crown and out. It's the rising of the energy by clearing energetic blockages, et cetera, by yoga, breathing, you know, psychedelics can be part of that at times, meditation, a lot of different techniques. So I saw that and I said, I got to call this guy. So I called him. And we talked for an hour, and he said, Come on in. And I told him the experiences I was having. And he goes, Yeah, you're going through what I, you're going through the same thing. I said, Okay, it makes sense. So I started immersing myself in learning about it. And I reawakened just my desire to do Reiki, like all these things started popping up again. And then, like a month later, a girl that I went to middle school with in Franklin, Tennessee, when I was 12 years old, we were, we went on the same school bus, we're in the same neighborhood, but we weren't friends, we just knew each other. She finds me on Facebook, sends me a message, and I had to find you. I had a dream about you last night. I said, okay. So we connected for a little bit. She lives in Brooklyn. I live in South Jersey. We've, she found out that I had been do, I'd done Reiki and all this. She said she had a practitioner when she lived in Georgia, but she moved. And I said, well, you could do this work distantly. It doesn't matter. En- energy is energy. It doesn't matter where you are. So she said, all right, let's do a session. We've been working together practically every week ever since. And she was my first client. And since that time, my, I've, I've, I've t- it's turned into a business. I apprenticed for almost a year under a local shaman. And that's what I do. I, I'm busier than I know what to do with right now. Adults, children, people from all walks of life are coming and seeking. It, it, it's crazy. They're seeking something and they don't know what it is. They're tired of going to the Western answer, which is just bigger, brighter, fancier, shinier, more expensive <laughs> they're they're, It's not offering the answers. It's not, it's leaving them empty. So people are coming. A lot of times they don't know why they're coming. They don't know how they found me, but they show up. It's wild. Do
1: do you think a lot of it may have to do with the fact that we're bombarded every day with agenda-based messages and there's really no neutrality out there for us anymore? And we as, as, as beings, as just whatever we are humans. I mean, I know that's what we are, but whatever type of energy being or light being, or whatever we want to label it as, we're looking for truth. We're looking for direction. We're looking to be centered. And as you pointed out with the whole happy, shiny, more expensive things, quote unquote, it's not fulfilling anymore. And I think people are starting to see through the BS and realize it's everything is a marketing scam. Yeah everything is just there to get more money is, is there to get you to invest or buy this or buy that. And I don't know that we as beings were created to do that. You know, I we're all looking for a sense of belonging. We're all looking for a sense of direction and, you know, we've got this shift, and here, I'm guilty. I literally, before we got on this podcast, just walked out my front door, picked up my brand-new Oculus 2. <laughs>
0: I got mine last you know, week.
1: <laughs> so as go. soon as we hang up here, I'm setting up, and I'm jumping into the metaverse. I mean, that's where I'm headed as soon as we finish this podcast. But I, I don't think that's going to give me anything more or less, really, than what I get in the real world. So uh, we may be leaning towards that spiritual uh, that spiritual nurturing that we need is is that what you're seeing or what are your thoughts there
0: There, there's no question and and the thing i really want people to understand about this spiritual journey we'll call it and everybody's on a spiritual journey because we all be when we all got here we were energetic soul spiritual spirit beings when we leave our bodies that's that's what we're taking with us so we all have that in common i don't care who you are yeah and one of the things that people ask me is because they're like, oh, can you teach me how to do the stuff you do? I said, well, yes, I can. But because they're like, oh, I want to help people. I want to help people, which I totally respect. But I've learned the responsibility is great. The discipline is great. And the sacrifice is great because I have to be constantly. My wife doesn't even. She, we argue about it sometimes because I have to be constantly self-aware, con- like hyper self-aware and Let, you know, removing things from my life and adding things that are more for me, that are more for my makeup every day. Because if I don't, I can't be effective to help you. And that being said, one of the things that I found in my, in those first few months of COVID during the real, I'll call it the dark night, we'll, we'll say that, during that period, man... I had to find out why I had such abandonment issues because I struggled with it my whole life. And I, and I started to notice I was able, cause I got quiet. I was able to get quiet and turn the noise off. I was able to listen to myself. I was able to hear the voices from the inside telling me this is, you know, your core issues. And I thought abandonment happened when, you know, girlfriend left me or I got divorced or whatever, dude, I had to go way back. I was born on 222, 1981 at 4.44 p.m. Now, my twin brother was born at 4.43. My other twin was born at 4.45. So we were triplets. We lost one at birth. Mm. That's where my abandonment issues started. And I had to go back and and look at that and explore that. But the only way I was able able to ever even get to that idea was I had to get quiet. And then if I can invent like, it's like, you know, if I own a store... I don't know how many pallets of toothpaste I need to order if I don't know how many I have. So how am I supposed, you know, it's like, we, we don't know what, what's going on with us because we got so much noise and so much distraction going on. It's profound. And then I'll tell you, as you do that, as I, well, as I've, as I've done this work over the last while now, it just amazes me the ability, you know, once you, it's like, I, I feel like we're almost like we're all radio antennas. We all operating at a different frequency And our job is to keep our antennas as light and clean as possible. Ironically, one of one of the strange things a lot of people are surprised with when they meet with me, when they come in with me, you know, they're struggling with addiction or suicidal thoughts or think they're seeing spirits or whatever it is. One of the first things I ask them is, I want you to tell me what you're putting in your body. What are you eating? What are you drinking?
1: Because you just see me take a drink of monster and go, Oh, this dude is all messed up. <laughs> well, you, know, you know, well, saw the monster kid. And you're like, man, I got to talk to this cat quick.
0: Well, it's, 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 that's funny. Yeah, I get that's It's funny actually. <laughs> no, I <think> about it. <laughs> but it's like your gut. We, we hear the gut brain connection all the time, but we don't really think yeah. about what that actually means.
1: That's so wild that you just said that because I was listening to Joe Rogan, uh, just maybe it was yesterday or day before yesterday. And I can't remember who the guest was, but they were talking about your gut brain and your heart brain because you've got, like, neurons in your gut and in your heart. So those sayings of listen to your heart or listen to your gut, they came about because Mm -hmm. of that fact. There's knowledge there. And you're like, what? I I never, I never knew that. Here I am almost 50 years old. I had no idea that we had uh, those sayings actually held somewhat true.
0: I'm going to blow your mind. Most of the serotonin in our body comes from our gut. Wow. Whoa. So think about that. So we got people running around on all kinds of SSRI meds when they might not need to do it. They need to detox their bodies and start eating cleaner. And I'm not saying I'm perfect at it. It's New Year's Eve. I'm going to eat like shit tonight, dude. <laughs> I'm, not lie. I'm not, I'm not, I'm a human being too.
1: I've been eating rough the past couple of weeks yeah, for sure, but somewhat rough, not as rough as I, I have been, but I, I, over the last few years, but you know, this year was a year of cleansing. That's part of what came out of COVID for me was right. dropping 80 some odd pounds and eating totally different and changing everything. But it, it's, it's interesting that that you say that because, you know, coming out of rehab, eight years ago, is it eight? Yeah. Eight years ago myself, I was put on all those SSRIs and all those other kind of crap. And I I, I was on that, but during that time I was eating like an idiot. And you know, I blew up to over 326 pounds and I dropped all that shit this year, January 4th. I said, I'm done. And I just cold turkeyed a lot of those meds. The only thing I take now is a little Tenolol for my little heart rate. Cause you know, a beta blocker never so. hurt anybody. Yeah. A little beta blocker. That's all it is, but everything else is gone. And at one point, Steven, I was taking 30 plus pills a day just to quote unquote survive. Was I really surviving? No, I think I was just existing, but it's interesting that you say that because I mean, I'm happier. I'm fuller. I'm healthier. I'm more, I can move. I can, I can just live. And, while I was on that medication, although maybe it kept me sober, I don't know. I don't necessarily think that that contributed a whole lot to the sobriety factor either. Not on them. And I still hang out with people that are drinking and partying. Well, back off the partying, partying legally. Yes, yes, <laughs> I and, and, uh, and I have no desire to be back in that mix. So, but again, getting off all of those meds allowed me to start feeling better. And as I changed my diet over the year and started putting in good quality, calories not only did my weight decrease but my energy increased and my 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 focus in every aspect has improved dramatically so it's interesting that you're driving that home
0: simplicity man simplicity and then you know with you know the term shaman i you know i get a lot of different calls for different things i mean yeah i do a lot with drumming drumming is the big thing because if you use rhythmic drumming it change you're able to get yourself into a theta or even an alpha Different, different brain states. I'm, I'm, I'm screwing up the one, theta specifically, and to higher uh, levels of consciousness, which you are able to access your subconscious mind. So if you've been going through these same cycles of this cheating boyfriend, abusive boyfriend, or whatever it is, we have to get to the root of it. And it's hard to get to the root of it when we're trying to think with our rational minds. So the way to get beyond the rational mind, use use drum. We use, I use drumming, and it's called shamanic journeying. So I'll get somebody, play, get the drumming going, get them into that state Alter their state a little bit, so we can access the information underlying, and then we can resolve it. Then we can work on resolving it. There's ceremony. It's a lot of different things. Um, I get a lot of calls from people saying, "Oh man, do you do you give out DMT and mushrooms and ayahuasca?" And listen, I have a lot of respect for every single one of those things. I'm not. Go- I'm going to con- not going to confirm nor deny my experiences <laughs> with those things. However, I will say that they have their place. Absolutely. The thing I want people to understand is I think everybody wants the mountaintop experience, the little vision. And that. And if, sometimes if that's able to help break down those walls, then great. However, you can't have the mountaintop experience last. Even somebody who climbs Everest can't stay up there very long. So you, have to, you have to climb the mountain. And to give you an example, this is kind of an example of a couple things. The idea of, that we can truly manifest the life we want. So about six weeks ago, I was in an early morning meditation. I get up at like 3.30 in the morning, like regular now. And it's some of the most productive and peaceful time of my day. I get up at 3.30 in the morning, I'm meditating. And suddenly, from the left side of my, like, con- my awareness, the ter- this, this exact sentence came out. Ask for an NFL player. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? I don't even, want- I don't even like football. But okay, give me an NFL player. Two weeks later, an NFL player calls me. And I met with him and we met a few times and, you know, he's going through some serious stuff. You know, he's a young guy, just retired from the, from the NFL. So there's definitely identity stuff going on there. And this is a journey and I'll walk with you, but you know, there's a legality issue and there's, you know, it's, it's just not my realm right now because of lots of different reasons, but we, we stay in touch, but he kind of backed off. And I understand, I, I get it. I get it. And I'm not saying there's anything bad about that guy. I totally have nothing but love and respect for him, but, I guess the point I'm making is you, you got to do the work. You, you got to face the darkness. You you can't, you know, and, and that's my concern, I'll be honest with you, because, you know, yeah, you mentioned Joe Rogan. Like, I love Joe Rogan. I listen to him all the time. And he's one of the reasons I got interested in learning about things like that DMT and ayahuasca and whatnot. My concern is it's going to become another thing that they're going to spread out like wildfire all over and indiscriminately just – use it. And it's not, it's dangerous. It's extremely dangerous to do
1: that. Anything that's not regulated in in some way, shape, fashion, or form is going to be taken to the extreme. I mean, that's just what we do as, as humans, at least I, I, and I can speak for myself. I do everything to the extreme. Sure, That's why I get nervous about trying new things. You know, I just mentioned the Oculus. I'm afraid I'm going to jump in that damn thing. And I'm going to be there for days on end. You know, my wife's going to be like, dude, would you take that off? Yeah. No, I love it, you know, but that's everything I do. I always take it to the next level.
0: It's about balance, about balancing these things. And I did a lecture a couple of weeks ago at the local county college. A lady's doing like this six week, like develop your psychic and intuitive skills workshops. And she invited me to talk about shamanism. So I brought all my stuff and I picked somebody out of the class and did a healing right in front of everybody. Well, before I did that, I spent 20 minutes telling them who I am. I'm a husband, I'm a father, I'm a taxpayer. I go to Aldi to buy my groceries. Um, I'm also on the planning board of my township, which just, be, that's a new thing that just came in July. I got appointed on the planning board because I love this town. I grew up in this town. I died in this town a few years ago. I was saved by first responders in this town and my heart is here. So I, want, I, I wanted to do something on the local you know, uh, government level to, make, to cre- help create change. So I say all that because I want people to know that I'm a regular human guy. I'm just a regular dude. I'm not, I'm not some magical guy in, in an ashram in India. You could be here. You could be right here taking your kids to soccer practice. And, you know, it's not this complicated, like, it's, it's not this us and them or me. You know, he's better than me or he knows more than me. That's bullshit whatever you focus on, you can develop. And even the things that I do, like when, when it comes to like, you know, intuitive skills and reading people and, and, and whatever, and and people, um, anybody can do it. It's just, it's what you put your focus on.
1: It's tough to understand that though. And there's so much, there's so many fakes that are out there, you know? And, and, and I mean, I got full disclosure. When you start talking about the drumming and the ceremony I tend to start feeling a little cheesy and I've said this on several shows yeah. when I have people that come on talking about meditation and and going through certain ceremonies. You know, as a lifelong martial artist, even I to this day I I really can't get into the whole ceremony side of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I just want to go in the gym and I want to train. I don't want to go into the gym and walk up to the mat and bow and then bow before the bow to your sensei. It's like, stop, man. Just stop. My name's Larry. Don't call me Mr. Robert. Just say, hey, Larry, what's up, man? Hey, show me that technique. Whatever. Yeah. So as I've gotten older, I've gotten less and less open to ceremony and ritual. Hmm do you think that's stopping some people from finding their path is, is you know, we, because we see it all the time and we're so quick to call bullshit on stuff that we see on TV, sure. which is, is a lot of it revolves around ceremony. So we don't know what to believe.
0: Well, I, I think, I, I think you got a good point. You know, I'm, I'm there. I'm very fortunate that my, uh, they're actually going to do my story in the Philadelphia Inquirer at the beginning of January. It's very cool now. And the reporter asked me, well, you know, what do you say to people who say, yeah, the ceremony and like the, you know, dra- you know, wearing, you know, drumming and all this other stuff, you know, and the energy medicine and all this, what if it, you know, it's all in your head, it's all bullshit. I said, okay, some people can think that and that's okay. My answer to you to that is, well, has it helped me? Has it helped my family? Has it helped other people and their families? Yes, yes. And yes. And who cares if it's bullshit?
1: And <laughs> that is extremely hard to counter. Because as long as it's providing the help, again, who cares? What's the difference? What difference does it make to you if this works for me?
0: Yeah, and the the ceremony part is for us. Like, that's like the show. Because as humans, like, we like the show. Like, now, okay, maybe not you. And some, you know, some other (laughs) people. (laughs) But... I'm just messing. Um, but no, like for for most people, we liked we liked it. We liked that performance. It's why people like concerts. They like live theater. They like going to church. They like they like the assembly of people that are interested in something. They are, and there, there's a power in that. But every p- person that comes in to see me, I'm not dressed up like that idiot that was running around the Capitol last year. Like you know. <laughs>
1: You don't have your, your bison helmet on or anything yeah, like that. I, now,
0: granted, I have a lot of things right behind me that are a little funky, but I, it's like, you know, I come to you where you are. Like if you come to me and you, you know, you're crossed arm like this and you're, you're just coming here cause your wife dragged you here. Me coming out with all this, you know, my Halloween costume on is really going to make you not comfortable around me. So I have to kind of, my job is to sit in, in, when you're telling me your story or whatever, what's going on, what what you think brought you here, I'm looking underneath the surface. I'm looking at under, under things and trying to figure out how, how am I going to navigate, how are we going to navigate this? What do you need? Yeah. Because every, everybody's constitution is different. So we have to like, really look at, you know, it's, it's really like finding out what you need and trying to bring that to you. Like some people need the, you know, the big regalia and all like that. Some people that's what they need. And there's there's a place for that, but I'm all about really like learning ways, and that's what I spend my time doing. Um knows this isn't a video podcast, but if you were if you were to look where I'm pointing here on my shelf here, I've got 40 different books I've gotten in the last couple of weeks that I'm like in the middle of pretty much all of them in different in different levels because yeah. like I'm I'm constantly searching for ways to help people. You know, heal themselves. So it's like my job. I, I really look at it. My 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 calling will say is to just kind of help you remember who you are underneath everything else.
1: No, it's cool, and it's it's sometimes just super super hard to let go of that. You know, looking at it from a religious perspective, I was raised in church, although the home life would not reflect that in the church, they used to call it the hardening of the heart. When you steer away from religion and you steer away from God and you steer away from the Bible and you steer away from the pomp and circumstance of religion. But I've seen that in a variety of different aspects of my life, not necessarily just in that regard. And and that came up to me because just a few weeks back, I attended church for the first time. And I honestly don't know how long. That wasn't for a funeral or a wedding, right? I mean, I actually went to a church service and this was a very unique church in that it's a cowboy church and being from Texas, cowboys are pretty prevalent. Sure. And this was out in East Texas. So it's all ranchers and, and, and farms, and it's a very country atmosphere, but this was a massive cowboy church. I don't know how many people were there, but i I'd, I'd put it over, I'd put it well over a thousand. So it was a pretty big auditorium, pretty big congregation. And they were going through their own version of the pomp and circumstance of Sunday morning service. It's a little more relaxed, a little more laid back. All the cowboys are there, and they're in their boots and their cowboy hats. The and who knows? They probably, the Yeah, they probably just came straight from the farm. They were probably feeding the animals. They came straight to church after that, so some of them aren't exactly clean. They don't have on their Sunday go-to-meet-and-clothes yep. that we used to talk about as a kid. And I thought that was really interesting because it provided a different, uh, a different engagement level because it really was, it still had the pomp and circumstance. They still did the singing of the hymn and not the traditional hymns. They had good country hymns. And actually before the church service even started, they had secular rock music playing. I think I heard some Nickelback and I was like, oh man, now we all need to repent. <laughs> but but the, the thing was, it, it kind of helped me chill out a little bit because yeah. I was nervous. I was going because I went and stayed with some friends out in East Texas and they get up on Sunday morning and go to church. So I'm like, yeah, I'll go to church with you. It's cool. So I wasn't there necessarily a hundred percent of my own accord. I wouldn't have chosen to go, but maybe because it was modernized, maybe because it was more laid back, maybe because it felt somewhat sincere. uh, I was able to look beyond that and actually get something out of the message.
0: Well, I think one of the most dangerous statements that's ever been uttered is this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. That's just dangerous because that removes any opportunity for progress. And Well, that's, that's awful, frankly. And, you know, so it's like, you know, you know, the things of, you know, 1888 don't work today, you know, and we have to like, you know, if you want to reach people and, you know, the other issues, you know, as far as, and I'm not, you know, I was very steeped in the very born again, Christian kind of thing for a long time. And, you know, for me, I found just more, just more, a bunch of like, you know, rules, regulations, et cetera. But you know what, the biggest thing I found within that, in that kind of like leaning, slanting, I guess you will, where it's, you know, God, we have to lean on God and we don't have any power. If you kind of hear the way the story is really told about, you know, Adam and Eve and, you know, the Garden of Eden and, you know, Eve made me eat the apple. The woman has been to blame since the beginning of the story. The woman, the bitch. And it's been a male-dominated thing ever since. And we wonder why we sit where we sit. Because we're not allowing yeah. the feminine side of us to act, we let's go back to integrity. Okay, the right side of your body is your male side; the left side of your body is your female side. If your female, I have clients that I check their energies all the time, but people their feminine their feminine energy is not working whatsoever. So, you know, I think actually one of the greatest things we could have is having. Uh, like a female president, and I'm not saying that a specific female. Okay, I don't want to get. I don't want to go there, but I'm just saying like we need that influence. Like the one thing I love about the town I live in, the mayor and the deputy mayor of my town are both females, and we had me and my wife had breakfast with them the other day because I've been wanting to. I've been envisioning since the beginning of COVID having a gigantic drum circle in our community. So we sat down and they, you know, I'm basically going to be in charge of. Creating an actual wellness day for our town in the spring, where we'll have different vendors, we'll addressing all areas of wellness. We're gonna have a bonfire and a giant drum circle at the end. And they're like, "Hey, this is your idea. We love it. We support it. Go do it." Wow! Like they're empowering me. This ex heroin addict that was dead on their, you know, dead in the back of their their ambulance six years ago, to make to you know, okay, go go do it. Like they're empowering. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with men or masculine energy. But when you only have that, it's fear-based, it's me, me, me based, it's ego-based, it's very, um, there is no opportunity, you know, it's very micromanaging, it's very controlling. And that is just, that's prison. <laughs> like, that's just prison.
1: Yeah. I mean, every everywhere you look, you, you, we hear when we're looking for this sort of direction, everything is all about balance. And, you know, I I go back to the martial arts days and think of, you know, the old yin and yang symbol, even before we really understood what it meant, Mm -hmm. that was always, you know, that meant karate or something, even though it wasn't necessarily, but it was, it was always, you know, commercialized to make us feel like it was part of of karate, but it represents the balance and there's, there's balance in everything, or you have to have balance in everything. And there is balance that can be achieved, but it's being able to tap into both of those sides and being open-minded enough to tap into both of those sides, to allow it to come together and find that integrity, as you refer to it, or balance and that complementary energy.
0: Yeah, like, I mean, here's a simple trick you can do that I tell, I tell all my clients to do that. Sometimes I can just tell their, their polarity is off. So think of a battery, male and female and, you know, positive, negative side. If your energy's running in reverse, you're going to run into issues. One simple way everybody can go right now and do this twice a day. You can do it. Go down by your clavicles, right in the middle of your, of your um, collarbone. Take your mm-hmm. fingers, you go down about two, three finger lifts, uh, widths, and you'll feel like these little indents. You probably you'll start feeling them a little bit. They're kind of hard to feel okay. sometimes. You might feel them there. I see you're doing it.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's kind of hard mine's to find. that's kind of
1: weird because mine's really weird because I was born with a birth defect. Uh, so this has all been rebuilt. Uh, so that, in here at my sternum and everything's all hoard up. So it's it's hard for me to maybe find it exactly. So yeah,
0: just go two to three finger widths and go in that area, just take two of your finger a couple of your fingers and you just tap. You take take a couple deep breaths, close your eyes and tap and do it, I don't know, for five, ten seconds. Do that twice a day. Your polarity will always be correct, generally speaking. Or if you have one of those days where you just feel off and you don't know why, do that. It's so simple, but that's why we miss it because it's so simple. We, as this, you know, industrial revolutionized capitalist society, we want bigger. We want, you know, it's, if it's expensive, it means it's, it's, it's better. Right. I have a 13 year old sure. son and he is, he is me, man. That kid is me to a T. I mean, he is, he wears D- grateful dead socks and all this. Like, he is, he is <laughs> And, uh, but he's always, he, he's like, Oh, I want that, you know, that Bugatti. Cause it's worth, he always talks about the val the dollar value to something. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you don't, you know, and I know you're a 13 year old kid living in 2021. You don't get it, but it ain't it, man. It ain't it. I mean, I love what Jim Carrey says, you know, Jim Carrey go YouTube. What, what he's been up to these days. You know, he always talks about, I wish everybody could make a million dollars. Like I did and find out that that's not what it's about. Yeah. Yeah, You know, it's all those things are nice, but you know, I've had everything. I've lost everything. I've gained a lot in the last few years, but I can tell you right now, I have a beautiful home. I have a beautiful wife. I have a very nice life. I have a bank account with like a comma in it, which is amazing. That never happened. Before. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <laughs> that's pretty wild. It's
1: um, pretty awesome. Right. I mean, I have, yeah.
0: yeah. It's crazy. I have all these wonderful, like it looks like everything's together. Right. But I'll tell you what, I will trade every single one of those things and live under a bridge for peace. And, and, that, and that and I'm not just trying to be some kind of John Lennon, you know, I love John Lennon, but I'm not trying to you know be you know, right I'm really saying like it's as simple as it sounds, fucking give peace a chance. But the way we give peace a chance is we give ourselves a break. We start forgiving ourselves for all the crap that we're we're really shameful about, but we don't realize it's shame we're, we're, we're jealous. We're bitter. We're angry. We're we're resentful. We're, we're lustful. We're all these other things. We don't realize that a lot of the core of that is shame and guilt. So if we start forgiving ourselves, give ourselves a break. Yeah. I fucked up. I made some really dumb mistakes yesterday, but there's a reason the sun rose today. I can, you know, I get to rise and start again today, every single day, as far, you know, as long as things keep going the way they have been, you know, as far as the the sun coming up and all these things. And, you know, we have a chance every day, you know, we have a chance every minute to change the script. We just don't think we have the power we have.
1: Right. And we do, we do. I mean, I, I think we're both living proof that we have that power. I mean, you know, you died, I I was on the verge. I I spent four days in the hospital before I even made it to the rehab facility because they kicked me out because they couldn't stabilize my vitals. So we were right there on the verge, and you talk about you had a voice come to you and say, ask for an NFL player. I had a voice come to me that day and say, dude, get help right now as I sat there on that couch after a a two-and-a-half-week bender. It said, reach out, get help, or tomorrow's not going to show up. And I guarantee you, if I hadn't got up off the couch in that moment of clarity and made that phone call and reached out to our friend, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now. We wouldn't be ringing in 2022 together on another episode of the podcast. For breakfast,
0: 2222, buddy.
1: <laughs> man, that's going to be a cool day. That is cool. Like, as yeah, get I'm out. telling
0: you, like, yeah, I got to share this last thing with you because it's another one of these things that how you can like, you know, if you're tapped in, if you're paying attention, quiet enough to listen. Another thing, about a month ago, I'm in in my meditation again, and this time I'm doing one of them. It was a guided meditation, you know, find your spirit guide meditation sounds a little kooky. Well, while I'm doing it, I got this feeling like I had the presence of my brother who died at birth. Now, I've never felt his presence in all my 40 years, never felt it that I know of, but that day I felt it. And I said, all right, if that's you, if that's real, you're going to have to show me a sign soon, like something big, something I'm going to know. I said, I want to see pennies from heaven, but you got to show, like you've heard that term before pennies from heaven. I said, I want to see a penny, but I got to know it's from you. Said it, let it go. Do you know, two weeks later, I walked into the Royal farms up here, which is like a, like a, like a little quickie mark kind of thing. I go in there at 6.30 a.m. to use the bathroom. I walk in this bathroom. I look down by the toilet, and there's a penny right by the bottom of the toilet. I was like, okay, no big deal. So I picked it up. 1981, the year I was born. I was like, come on. (laughs) Come on.
1: That's that's quite the message, and I commend you for picking it up. I don't know if I commend you, <laughs> if I'm scared for you for picking it up off the bathroom floor, but quickie mark. But uh, the message, the message was loud and clear. Well, for I sure. picked it up. I mean, that's put that's it in my crazy. pocket.
0: I cleaned it, put it in my pocket. Two hours later, I went in my pocket to kind of look at it again. No lie, it was gone. Yeah. So, about four days later, I'm in my basement meditating on my floor. The penny's sitting right there. <laughs> I swear, I'm making this up. I have the penny laying over here on my massage table in a bag right now.
1: Wow. That's wild. I'm you. Man, that is wild. The universe, the universe speaks. always
0: speaks. We we just have to listen. We have to pay attention. You know, all right, I gotta share this last one because we talked about gut health. So I think it's important.
1: <laughs> Bring it on, man.
0: You know, I've been having these gut issues the last well, I've had them forever. I'll be I'll be very full disclosure. I had my gallbladder out 20 years ago, not because I needed it out. I convinced the doctor I could get it out so I could to take it out so I can get Percocets and such. That's the true story. And I've suffered with digestive and gut issues kind of ever since. Well, I've been having like this heaviness for like a couple months. Day before Thanksgiving, I wake up at 5:45 in the morning. The very first thought in my head was go get a colonic. I'm like, "Well, I don't even know what that is." And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, I ain't doing that. That's gross." But I said, "You know what? My intuition's telling me follow this." So I found a provider locally, spoke to her for an hour and a half, went, and had it done. I felt like I gave birth to a 50-pound baby. It was awkward. It was weird. I won't lie, but they made me very comfortable. And I got to tell you, I've been on a I, I and it wasn't just getting that done because that's that's again that's the magical white light experience. Yeah. I learned my lesson because I cleared everything out that very next night, that very night I went started eating like shit again. Five days later, everything I put in my body that was not healthy, clean, or that my body wanted, I got the physical effects of it immediately. Major headache, energy, loss of energy, exhausted, fatigue, brain fog immediately. So they're really like, this is another example. And now I'm on a, I'm on i I'm on a regiment of different probiotics and different pro, you know, plant-based protein. And I, it's a co- complete revolution to me. Wow. I wouldn't have, none of that might've happened had I just said, Oh, that's, you know, that's gross. I'm not doing that. Like I had, you know, yeah. it's like we had, it's like when the, it's like uh, the thought comes, there's a reason, you know, if we explore a little bit, we'd be surprised just like yourself. A year ago, you know, you made the decision. You had the thought. You could have said, ah, no, 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 burritos are better. I'm good. But you didn't. (laughs) You know what I mean?
1: Burritos are delicious. delicious.
0: (laughs) And you Uh, live in Texas, so they're probably (laughs) (laughs)
1: better. (laughs) But, no, you're spot on, man. You have to to take the action as well. It's not just, you know, if, if you hear a moment or you have a moment of clarity, you hear a voice, whatever you want to call it, and you don't act on it,
0: it's pointless. It, it, it is. It, it really is. There's the story of three ju- three frogs on a log. Two decide to jump off. How many are left on the log? Well, all three, because the only two, the other two just decided they didn't jump. Making a decision and taking action are two different things.
1: One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And hopefully, if people are listening to this episode, that will help them take that action that they need. Yeah. And I, I know every time that I've decided to take major action. It's had a positive impact in the long Hmm. run. Granted, there's usually always pain involved with that action as well. Uh, But something that I've kind of grown accustomed to is understanding that with any real growth, there's going to come pain as well. So that can make that decision harder to make. But after the pain, it's always
0: so much better. Well, the problem is most of us quit because of the pain yeah. or the, or the, or we don't see the results. Right. So here's another example. I'm going to ask you a question. What would you rather have right now? $1 million or one penny today. And you double the, pe- the value of the, of the previous penny every day for a month. Most people will take the million dollars, but because of the law of compounding interest, if you take the penny, you'll have over $2 million at the end of 30 days. Today, one penny, tomorrow, two, the next day, four, the next day, eight, the next day, 16, next day, 32, 64, 128. You know, you see where I'm going.
1: Yeah. You yeah.
0: The major growth to about day 22 when the compounding effect takes hold. We quit at day six because we haven't lost 50 pounds yet. It's the same concept. It's the same principle. You know, a principle is a principle. You know, you could apply it to anything. The problem is like, again, we're stuck in a society where we're supposed to have it right now.
1: Yeah. That instant gratification, man. That's what we're told every day, day in and day out. You turn on the TV, you turn on anything, your instant gratification is where it's at. Yeah. And it, it's hard to counter that and understand that progress eventually makes not quite perfect, but definitely makes better. And And you have to keep that in mind as you go. And I I don't know that it's – my wife and I were just having a discussion this morning how we got into a little scrap night before last because it's really a stupid reason, right? Okay, It's really stupid, but we put ourselves in a position to where we listen to each other. Now, we've been married over 20 years together, going on 21 here come February. Uh, But we listen to each other, and neither one of us is really set on being right or winning We're more interested in overcoming the objection and spending more quality time together because we know the objection is, it's stupid. It was really stupid, but I don't know that you can have that realization without a lot of pain and a lot of growth along that journey. We, We didn't have that kind of understanding the first, shit, I'll say 10 years of the marriage, if not more than that. But now that we're there, we understand the value in that progress. We understand the value in the pain that led up to us being in the position that we're in now to have these logical discussions, even in a moment of tension, but we wouldn't have done it without all the pain ahead of time.
0: You had to get get there. I mean, you had to get there. It's consistency. It's repetition. Repetition is the mother of learning, you know? Yeah. Yeah. We talk martial arts. I take, Wing Chun Kung Fu four days a week so I you know I've, I've been in, immersed in it for years and and Cobra Kai came out today so me and my son we- I know
1: that's <laughs> I got to get out of my VR headset so I can watch Cobra Kai season four
0: I'll Tell you what, <laughs> when, we, when we finish this interview me and my son are watching the first episode I'm so <laughs> to watch it and but Mr. Miyagi here you go I'll show you since we're on video There's my Mr. Miyagi, man.
1: Oh, dude, I love it. That's awesome. Mr. Miyagi action figure. That's the coolest.
0: He's been following (laughs) me around. I've had him with me. Well, all right. I've had him and Mr. Rogers with me for years. (laughs) And, uh, here I got. I,
1: here, let me let
0: me. <laughs> Let's show our since toys,
1: dude. Just <laughs> are showing toys. Here's my my Daniel Larusso chia pet. You know. <laughs>
0: uh, well, I took my kids. We got to meet Sensei Kreese and Johnny Lawrence back in August at the Comic Con down the road, and it was so much fun.
1: Oh my. Oh, God. dude, that'd be cool. That would be so cool. Oh, that'd we got a picture. Awesome.
0: It was great. I, and dude, like that's the stuff we need. Like that. It's you know, I'm not saying everybody needs to do martial arts, although I think they should. But you know what I mean? Like there. that's one of the things that I, I tell people when I'm talking to them all the time. I have a paramedic up in Newark, New Jersey, who we do phone coaching once a week. And the other day, I just asked him, I said, dude, I know you, lo- you know, you're making good money now with the pandemic. They're paying you all this extra money because the short staffing and all this other stuff. So you're making a killing. I know you're, you're, you're working your ass off. I get it, but you're not happy. Dude. What do you want what would you do if you could, and you didn't have to worry about the money? He goes, I want to do the work you do. I said, really? Okay, cool. Let me connect you with this guy who will help you start getting trained to get your peer certificate, your peer support certificate. And he made, you know, I connected him that night, sent him the email. So now perhaps he has a glimpse of the light that he wasn't seeing because he was stuck in this. I have to do this. I have to do this. Cause this is what yeah. I've always done. You know, yeah. sometimes we just need somebody to shine the light a little bit so we can see that there are options for us.
1: Yeah. It can definitely be hard for us to see with, with the blinders on. So, yeah, yeah. well, Steven, man, this has been a fun conversation, honestly. I mean, we've been going at it now for almost an hour, which is quite a bit longer than most of my episodes go. So that just goes to show you that the conversation for me personally was very, it was fun. It was engaging. And uh, hopefully the audience finds the same value that I did. So uh, tell them where they can find out more about you and find out more about the work that you do.
0: Sure. Absolutely. Larry, thank you again, man. It, it really has been fun catching up. I mean, this is, this is actually one of the best treats I've had all year. And it's nice to re- end this year with it because, you know, we talked four and a half years ago who, know we you know, we didn't know where our journeys were going to go, but now yeah. you're like, you are the podcast master now. And like, I walked away, I stepped away from podcasting, but man, it's awesome to watch you continuing to, to light the way for people. It's awesome. Um,
1: Appreciate that.
0: But if people want to find me they can find me um the, i guess the best place would be um you can find me on social media facebook or whatever but my last name is rather hard so you could find me at um ancienthealingpathways.com also if you want um my so my my name and my shamanic name you know the name that i've kind of taken for myself is owl grayfire so owl because uh, i've always had an owl like in my in my dreams and my you know when i go into meditation it's always an owl Gray, because that's kind of like my view of the world, kind of like the yin-yang we're talking about. Like, nothing's really black or white. It's all just different shades of gray. And then fire, because the, the only way we can really transmute or change energy or change anything is through the refinement in a fire. We have to burn away the impurities. So you can find me on Facebook at Al Gray Fire, too. That's, that's another place. But uh, I'm sure you'll have my name in the show notes or whatever you know, people find me if they want to, if if they're supposed to, they'll find me. If not, whatever, it's cool. You know, I'm just happy to spend some time with my buddy, Larry.
1: No, man, it was great. I appreciate it so much, man. I really, really do. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, man. Take care.
1: Cool deal. You do the same. Hey, everybody, this has been another awesome episode of the podcast. If you got some value out of today's episode, I got one favor to ask, and that is for you to subscribe to the show. That way I can bring you fresh new content every Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Central because I'm in Texas, so we got to go by Texas time. But until then, if you have any questions or you want to reach out, please don't hesitate to contact me. And until then, take care.
0: You've just listened to You're the Boss with Larry Roberts. Join us for our next episode where we help you achieve your goals and live your absolute best life. Be sure to subscribe, connect,
1: and share. Until next time, remember, you're the boss.